<laughs> Everything you're about to hear on this podcast is completely improvised. The film title and director's names are kept secret from our guests and team until the moment that we hit record. They're about to work together to create a film that will undoubtedly go nicely into some soup with a little pudgy child. Welcome to this week's episode of the Improvised Movie Director Podcast. (laughs) Steven Spielberg said, The most expensive habit in the world is celluloid, not heroin, and I need a fix every few years. Well, Stephen, we all have our vices, I suppose. Mine's a solero on a warm summer's evening. Today's director has a habit of making the story you never thought you'd see and transporting you to a world beyond your wildest dreams. I'm Martina Minow, and I'm joined today by Rick Hardiman, director of Indiana Jones's Diary. Welcome, Rick. Delighted to have you on the podcast. Lovely to be here, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, particularly in the height of the success of Indiana Jones's Diary. Surprised you've managed to squeeze us in. You seem to be everywhere at the moment. Well, I know the, uh, the newfound fame has kind of taken me aback a bit because, uh, you know, I'm quite a private person usually. Mm. Don't usually do these kind of interviews. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it in a way, but also a bit, a bit daunting. Don't worry. I've been told by many people I'm very empathetic and I put people at ease. Um, so don't worry. I'll look after you. And if you want to share anything with Martina Minow, well, I'm a good choice. I'll let you know if anything crops up. So Indiana Jones's diary. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I really, really did. For our listeners, though, who haven't seen it just yet, what's it all about? Well, Indiana Jones... He's the kind of guy that gets up to lots of stuff. Um, and yeah, I often found myself wondering, like, between those three, those three first films that happened back in the 80s, like, what kind of happened between those? Mm. Um, or like, day to day, the things that happened to Indiana Jones, when he's not in a tomb, when he's not trying to get out of a, of a, a trap. I, I want to know what's going on in his private life. So, yeah, this is why I decided to write Indiana Jones's Diary. And it kind of looks at his his relationship with his wife to begin with and how that develops. Um, and also goes back to look at how he became an archaeologist in the first place. It kind of like hops through time um, in a way that I kind of find satisfying. I like a bit of non-linear storytelling. So, yeah, we kind of go back looking at different pages of his diary. Yes, and it's something that with my first husband I really struggled with because he would only ever talk about work. You know, and I didn't want to know about work. I wanted to know what was going on in, in his mind, in his soul, in his heart. And I can imagine if you're married to Indiana Jones and he's just talking about tombs and holy grails and boulders, how boring. It would get very really boring after a while, wouldn't it? Yes. Well, I often wondered, like, what made him afraid of snakes in the first place? I want to get to the actual character, the actual guy himself. Like, I don't know. I've never been a big fan of action films, to be fair. So... Mm. Um, I was very glad that um, Stephen let me have the rights to um, to actually use his character. That was very nice of him. I got got a bit of a good relationship going on with him. There. But I agree with what he said at the beginning there about vices. Um, my my personal one is frazzles. 
Can't get enough of them. Oh, frazzles. Yes. Wonderful. Well, Rick, after this is done, let's go and get some frazzles together. And uh, yes, I think that'll be rather lovely. Bloody love them. Let's cut to this opening sequence then. So we see a wonderful like overhead shot of uh, Indiana Jones writing in his diary, which he conveniently reads out loud for us, the uh, listeners. And we hear him reflecting on, on his recent adventures and some really heartfelt reflections there from Indiana. So uh, let's cut to that opening sequence now. Day 75. I haven't raided a tomb in, what is it, two years. And I just have the itch. I need to go and raid one. You know, I like taking things and putting them in museums. And my wife is opposed to this. She says things should stay where they are. And I just believe that that isn't true. And it's taking a toll on our marriage. I'm just here in in college teaching these kids and going home every night. I'm struggling with this. I need to spread my wings. I'm not sure I'm cut out for this life. And uh, my pet snake, Ziggy, which I'm keeping to try and get over my fear of snakes, is not showing me any love or any devotion. So I feel like I'm a man who's only fit for one type of life. We see there then the origins of this restlessness in Indiana Jones. He, he, he's at his best when he's at adventure and you can see that he's searching for something more. He's obviously not connecting with his wife in the way he maybe once did. And I see an angst in Indiana Jones that I hadn't really seen before. Are you drawing on your own personal experiences there, Mr. Hardiman? Well, yeah, I mean, I can identify with that because for me, when I'm not, directing sometimes I feel a bit at a loss you know like it's kind of what am I as a person and I think I was trying to get that across in in this film um and yeah certainly the the story about Ziggy comes from my own personal experience with uh, my my pet hamster um called Clammy uh who I just never felt really really showed me the kind of love I I craved from that I didn't really have many friends as a, as a kid, to be fair. Um, and I was hoping that Clammy would would kind of be what I was looking for. But even even Clammy wouldn't like get in the wheel when I wanted and wasn't didn't really like being stroked very much. So I, I just I think this is what, what what kind of makes the film more powerful in a way. Like it's actually based in truth. Yes. Truth. I really, it's so interesting that you shared that with me, Rick. Might I call you Rick? I feel like we're connected. You can call me Rick. Some people call me Ricky, but... Oh, whatever Ricky. You, whatever you like, Martina. I'll save that for over the frazzles. That's rather familiar. Oh, yes, um, Rick, it's interesting what you say about not having had any friends as a child. You'll be shocked to hear this, I, I'm sure, but I didn't have any friends. I had one friend, Rowena. It didn't end well for us. And so this film reminds me of what it is to be lonely. And actually, I see Indiana, he is very lonely. And, and we see that come out in his conversation with his wife, who is also an academic. She's a professor. She's powerful. She needs more from Indiana than she's getting. Let's cut to dinner with the Joneses. And the tension is high. 
And of course, that's why Ramesses encased mm -hmm. the whole of his population in the pyramid. Mm -hmm. it, it was more of a statement politically mm -hmm. than in a religious sense. And of course, if you take into context- Sweetheart, would you mind? I'm, I'm sorry, I- In fact, I'm not sorry. Would you mind having one dinner with me where we don't talk about Pharaoh Ramesses? Just one. What? We could talk about something else, you know? How the peas are, you know? Anything. You never ask what I do for my work. It's always just, I read this interesting thing about Ramesses II. You know, the guy with the big hat in ancient Egypt. I understand, sweetheart, that you have your passions, and that's something that I admired when I married you, but for God's sakes, Indiana, don't you care about me at all? Of course I care about you. That's why I stole all those golden jewels from Peru. I don't want golden jewels, sweetheart. If you really cared about me, you'd know what it was I lectured in. Uh, I, I know, I know. It's, it's, uh, uh, fashion. Fashion. You think I'm a fashion lecturer? Look, Indiana, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, I... In fact, I'm not sorry. You love dead stuff so much. Well, here you go. Another dead thing, our marriage, to add to your museum. I'm gonna go and stay with my sister for a while. Can you keep an eye on Ziggy while I'm gone? Uh, you can't... Susan, you can't leave me. I'm going, Indiana. You can't stop me, okay? You, you told me you loved me, and you loved Ziggy. At one point, Indiana, I did. Now, I'm going to shut the door real slow. Oh, I've got your hat in my hand. Do you want to... No! Don't do it! No! My, my, my. I can see you're moved. I am. I am moved, especially when he starts singing all by myself. It's just him and Ziggy. So terribly sad. Uh, you'll be probably not very surprised to know that a lot of this is based on my own relationship with my ex-wife as well. I always find that cinema, when it draws from real trauma, it's so powerful. And, and I, you know, we've all, even I, Martina Minow, I've had someone walk out on me and it's awful. It's awful. And I, in that moment, Indiana Jones, who, who actually I've always seen as, as strong, emotionless, stoic, Suddenly we see him in his pants, crying. He's got what's it dust all over his fingers. The yeah. washing machine is overflowing. He's let himself go. And he, we see the real man, you know? We see that real, he's just a bag of flesh and emotion. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? I can, I can say this has really touched a real a raw nerve for you actually. Um, do you want to talk about what happened? It's just so distressing, isn't it? When someone tells you they're going to be with you forever, they say, you and I, we can conquer the world. And then they walk out. You felt like you had your whole life set out in front of you. And, and it just, suddenly you've got to reprogram your brain. You've got to yes. get back into, into the groove of dating again and all that. It's just it's oh. awful. And we actually see, I thought the sequence where Indiana Jones tries dating, well, it was a, it was a touch of comedy that I hadn't expected. I think you needed actually, something 
you needed it. You, you needed, needed a bit of lightness in the in the second act, I thought, because it was getting yes. a bit bit heavy in the first bit. Yeah. Um, we're going to cut now, listeners, to one of my favourite sequences, which is where Indiana Jones goes speed dating. Um, he meets a flurry of women, all very different, um, and we see him trying to charm them and with varying degrees of success. So here we go, Indiana Jones, speed dating. The thing you've got to understand about Cao Cao's treasure in China is that it was a hoard intended for destroying the Mongols. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And if you can get your hands on it, you'll be wealthy beyond measure. But it comes with a terrible curse. <laughs> yeah. Now, listen. What I'm looking for from a woman uh-huh. is someone who can jump over some fire ants, shoot a pistol, and not get in my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been a hairdresser for maybe five, six years. <laughs> why, why, do you, why do you keep laughing at nothing? <laughs> You're so funny. So do you want to, um, do you want to come to my Skoda out back? Ding! Yeah, so one of the greatest things that I love to do is no longer be officially affiliated with the party of the Nazis. Honest. I have left all that behind me. But you are Indiana, yes, Mr. Jones? Yes, that's me. Yes, you are the one that likes to find the artifacts, the priceless magical artifacts of Führer, I mean, that fascist Hitler enjoys very much. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Hmm? That's a Hugo Boss shirt. Oh, I have rumbled. Ugh. I tried, I tried. All right, Mr. Jones, I will get you. Ding! Some other time, though, I will get you. Ding! So, I think for the last maybe five or six years, I've just been doing that, really. Just riding about, um, putting stuff back where, it, where they came from, you know? We took so much during the colonial era and kind of disenfranchised the Aboriginal nation. Um, and I, I truly think that returning things to the cultures that they're significant to is actually the most probably the most important thing about sort of artifact retrieval really no it belongs in a museum what whatever it is it belongs in a museum that's my thing oh this isn't working at all this isn't gonna work at all ding and that is your final try daters very good try all right don't forget to write down if you want to see anybody again fill it out on your checklist and we'll see if you have a match mr jones isn't it yes it seems that your um your second date was quite keen to see you again oh not the nazi oh was she oh that's awkward um well i'm afraid she was the only one i'm sorry uh, you asked me to return this snake to you at the end. Come here, Ziggy. So it's just him and his snake. In the end, I'm yeah. Very sad. We actually that that sequence actually went on for for a full half an hour uh, originally, but we had to cut quite a few of the women out. Um, so yeah, just down to those few that you, that you heard there mm. in the end. Yes, and I thought it was really interesting that we see that 
Indiana Jones, he hasn't learned anything from, from what Susan said to him. There he is just banging on about Ramesses and artifacts, doesn't ask any questions. And I think, when are we going to see the growth? When are we going to see Indiana Jones connecting with someone else? And that's when he meets an unexpected character. He certainly does, yeah. In the, in the third act of the film, I like to think there's a little bit of character development. I am setting myself up for a sequel, though, so I haven't, he doesn't go the whole hog, but mm. you do see that there's a starts to be a bit of a change when he meets, when he meets Julie... Julie Claxon. Yes. And uh, tell us, tell us, who did you cast as Julie Claxon? Oh, well, Barbara. Barbara Giblet is <laughs> one of my favourite actresses. Um, she's not very well known yet, but she's like breaking through. She's done a few like YouTube um, things that I found quite funny. So, yeah, no, I got her involved. Uh, she was very, very pleased to play that part. It, I told her it was going to probably change her career. Um, we've yet to see if it will, but I hope I hope it does for her because uh, she deserves it, you know? Absolutely. I thought I thought for a newcomer, she actually made a really good impression. Um, l- listeners, watch out for Barbara Giblet. She's going to be big. Here's the sequence where Indiana Jones, he sat writing in his diary, and then bang, Julie Claxon arrives, and it all heats up a little. Here we go. Another day of eating cheesy watsits and petting Ziggy. I'm not sure if he likes the dust on his scales, but he doesn't have a choice. What the hell? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought this was my recording studio. How embarrassing. Oh no, I just did my big entrance and everything. Oh, and I've slipped over and wearing my granny pants. Oh, oh, neither Hugh Grant nor Colin Firth would want to date me while I'm in this state. Goodness gracious me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to disrupt you. What's your name? Indiana. Indiana Jones. Oh, wow. Gosh, goodness gracious. You're quite handsome, aren't you? No one's ever told that to me before. Really? Is that true? I can't can't believe that. Usually me and my love interest just insult each other until we have sex. Oh, that that doesn't sound healthy. Well, as long as it's not idolized as a crucial part of your franchise, then... I mean, I suppose there's there's kind of insulting in in my history as well. There's there's insulting and and kind of degrading and ignoring. And I try and be independent from it, but you know, at the end of the day, um, uh, I I am tempted by the bad boy type, you know. Even though Colin Firth is clearly a better option for me. I agree. I I really enjoyed that franchise, and I would reach that oh. conclusion also. Oh, you know my franchise. Oh, that's made me so happy. I just want to play. Sorry, I get excited when I play. Sorry, oh, that's me and It goes off when I get too excited. I'm very excited now, Mr. Indiana. Would you like to go to the library with me? I, I'd love to, but you can't keep me this excited in the library. Otherwise, I'll go blind. You know. I do. For the record, I've had Colin and Hugh and neither of them much to write home about. Mm. Martina, let me ask you um, what you thought of the library scene. I loved it. What I love about your work, Mr Hardiman, Rick, is that you always juxtapose things in a really dynamic way. So we've got the library, it's, it's dark, 
dark wood, it's quiet, it's hushed discussions, it's soft carpets. And then you've got Klaxon, Klaxoning her way through the library. You see everyone looking at her, staring at her, condemning her. It's really the last thing you want when you're trying to study archaeology in a, in a library, just having a uh, klaxoning sound walking past mm. you, isn't it? Mm. And she has an unlikely defendant in Indiana Jones. From then on, I see that mutual respect between them and, and they form they form a formidable team. Mm. Talk us through why they're in the library. Indiana's ostensibly set it up as a date, but he's got a bit of an ulterior purpose, doesn't he? Well, I think by that point... Um, well, I know because I wrote it, but he he wants to advance things further with her. He's realised by this point that she actually sees him in a way that all those other girls didn't. She understands that his his career is kind of him. Um, and I think he likes that about her. And he wants to, he basically wants to woo her in the library. Um, and as you well know, because you've seen it, Things unfold in that library that the other studiers aren't most happy about because it's mm. it's a bit mm. distracting, isn't it? There was a beautiful moment where both looking at a book and they realise they have a mutual love of something incredibly niche. And then they list such detailed facts about it. I think, gosh, they know this subject inside out. Let's cut to... This is the diary of Samuel Pepys, and he was alive during the fire of London, but what a lot of people don't know is that a great treasure was hidden forever during that fire. It was the cheese that he buried in his garden, wasn't it? What? The, the large rundle of cheese that he buried when he saw the flames coming. The Parmesan cheese, yes. Yes, precisely. It was so rare at that time that it was worth saving more so than a lot of his clothes and items. My goodness gracious. I'd, I didn't know. I've never met anybody else as, as passionate about Samuel Pepys as, as me. Wow! Sorry. Sorry, I don't mean to. No, it's okay. Sometimes I like to shout when I get excited. Jones! Jones! Oh, that is more fun. That is more fun. Bwah! Do you want to try? Let me have a go. Bwah! Wow, it's, it's kind fun? of invigorating. I'm sorry, Professor Jones, and your friend. I'm afraid there's no klaxoning or yelling allowed in the library. It's made quite clear as our top rule. This is my library. <laughs> yeah, and if he wants to klaxon in his own blooming library, you should let him, you know? I'm, I'm sick of people trying to stamp down on... on Indiana, he's just trying to be passionate. Well, I never. I acknowledge that this is the Indiana Jones Library, but, well, goodness gracious me. Indiana, I think it's time to choose. You can either stay in this library or leave and then come back when you've calmed down slightly. I choose to leave and come back even more irritating. Good day to you, librarian. Mwah! <laughs> Mwah! Love seeing that relationship between them. It really blossoms, doesn't it? That Barbara Giblet, one to watch, for sure. So they've now got a bit of a common purpose because they're looking for Peeps' Parmesan. And actually, you know, 
I thought that was a really nice development because I find the whole holy grail thing a little bit unfathomable. What does it look like? What does it smell like? What will it feel like? Parmesan, very familiar with it. Parmesan's something a lot more tangible. We, we all know what Parmesan's like. Who can identify with a holy grail? And, it, and it's quite cliche anyway, I think. It's been done to death, mm. Monty Python and all that. So it's, yeah, I thought, I thought we'd go, go down a slightly different route. And also I thought Samuel, Samuel Pepys fits in very well with the, the kind of diary theme of the film. Um, yes. Famously one of the most, the most famous diarists alongside yes. Adrian Mole yes. and Anne Frank. Yes. And we see them, we see that they, they mine Pepys's diary for clues as to where the Parmesan will be found. They've uncovered all of the riddles, working through them one at a time, and they're just about to find the Parmesan. And gosh, tensions are high. They certainly are. I'm Shall quite excited to see this clip, actually. I haven't seen it for a while. Oh, it's wonderful. One of my favourites. Uh, I love the way they unpick the riddles to work out whereabouts in London this Parmesan is found. Um, you know, really showed very great intellectual nous. Oh, Indiana, I found another riddle. What, what has six legs but walks on four? What has six legs but walks on four? I, I don't suppose it could be... I was going to say a carriage. That's well, that's a great idea. Except carriages sort of... They sort of have wheels, don't they? Damn it, you're right. Um, but I, I like that. What about just a man on a horse? A horse and rider would work. <gasps> horse Guards Parade! It must be buried under Horse Guards Parade! Right. The only problem is we're going to have to deal with the queen. There she is, standing in front of the parade, holding a ceremonial scepter, ready to bash our skulls in. You know there's a password to say to the queen, but it's it's not clear. It's another riddle. God damn it. This riddle is... is what gets wetter the more it dries. Oh, I'm stopped on this one, Indiana. Wait! When I was in India, I used something strange there. Really? After I bathed in the sea, a yogi came to me and he said, take this and place it on your body. What was it? Some kind of uh, mystic ritualistic item? Some kind no. of wonderful piece of national costume? It was a towel. <gasps> a towel? Look at her. <laughs> you have gained entry. Two horse guards pervade. Take me home. I'm tired. This scepter is heavy. There she goes. There they are. Horse guards parade, digging up a parmesan. I never thought I'd see it. I like to be unpredictable in my writing and my directing. I like to present the audience with things that they, they fully don't expect from an Indiana Jones movie. Beautiful. And then talking of the unexpected, here I am thinking, Indiana, he's met Julie. They've got the Parmesan. It's the perfect love story. Lo and behold, who turns up? Susan. Because after all, wasn't that exactly what her area of specialism was? Finding Peeps's Parmesan. And if Indiana Jones had only listened to her, he would have known. It's quite the standoff, isn't it? 
Yeah, and as we reach the climax of the film, all the many characters from the film all turn up in that last scene, um, including Ziggy, including <laughs> including uh, you know all the people we've mentioned so far. They they're all there watching this unfold. It's quite it's quite dramatic actually, and what I really loved about this film is that you you took us on a real cadence of energy, and we we see Julie and Indiana having their lovely romantic funny moments, but this moment was one of real tension and aggression, and somebody or something gets hurt. Let's cut to. Oh, Indy, this has actually been really lovely. I just... Oh, sorry, I I slipped on a spare piece of diary page, but you caught me in your big, strong arms. Maybe this is the moment that we... that we... Not so far. Susan, what the hell are you doing here? I'm posing on a plinth with a gun in my hand. Isn't it obvious? I've been searching for that parmesan for 20 years, ever since I became a professor of Peepsian parmesan studies which of course you didn't even come to my graduation for, even though it was the night before our wedding day. Look, I had a lot to do. I had to buy a suit. I understand. You were always too busy for Susan. Always too busy. Well, now, now you're going to be too busy in hell. Wait, not so fast. Oh my goodness. Oh, who's that? I am Brunhilde. And I am here to take this for the fantastic state of Germany. Obviously no longer Nazis, but the the Nazis were hiding out. And with this Parmesan, our Führer will gain the supernatural powers, almost as good as the Holy Grail as Peeps' Parmesan. And then we shall subjugate the entire world. Yeah, you'd better be ready. Oh no, oh no. Hey mate, you should put that parmesan back where it came from and stuff. Like, put it back, it's not yours, it belongs to the ground. Alright, put it back in there. I know technically that, you know, it's not really got the same ramifications as taking an artifact from kind of a native people that still exist, but, you know, just put the parmesan back. Silence, all of you. Indiana, there seem to be a lot of women in your life, but only one matters. Me. Hand over the cheese or... Wait a second. What's that on my leg? Ziggy, you're, you're constricting me. Ziggy, no, ah, my gun, I've dropped it. Damn it, Ziggy, you foolish snake, you're... Well, looks like he finally got the big cheese. Oh, Indiana, you're so funny. Have it. What a sequence. And actually, Indiana Jones isn't scared of snakes. He just respects them too much to be near them. Exactly. I think that's the case with a lot of phobias, to be fair. Yes. And so there we have Indiana, Julie, the Parmesan. Is it a happy ending for everybody? It isn't usually, is it? Even when things seem like a happy ending, there's sometimes going to be moments of sorrow and darkness. Brings me on neatly. You've alluded to, to it already, but oh. I hear there's going to be a, a second a second film. Is that right? Well, yes, there is. Um, it's going to feature Indiana Jones. Um, 
and it <laughs> it's going to be actually to do with a different kind of animal that he's mm. scared of as well which is spiders um oh. this is, you didn't know about this but yeah this is a slightly different one this one's called indiana jones and the spiders on his pillow um, <laughs> This one's kind of more aimed at children, and it's not part of the of the official franchise. This one's an animated version. It's all stop motion, and it's supposed to muster up a kind of feeling of um, of desperation and also angst. Which is exactly what we want to build in our children. Prepare yes. them for the real world. Prepare them for the real world, exactly. Yes. Uh, so Indiana Jones and the spiders on his pillow... We have actually got the trailer, Rick. Would you mind if I were to play it? I'd love you to play it. Is it the scene where the uh, spiders that are voiced by Anton Deck? Yes, and a Geordie spider. Just something really jolly about that. And can I ask, before we play it, will Julie Claxon be in the next one? Oh, I, I'd love her to be in the next one, yeah. As long as she is uh, happy with how things go with this, this film, um, we'd love to have her back. Yeah, massive fan of hers. Yes. Well, listeners, a world premiere, Indiana Jones and the Spiders on His Pillow. Here we go. The itsy-wincy spider climbed up the water spout, all around the pillar and into Indy's mouth. What the hell are you doing? Get the hell off my mouth. Coming this summer, Indiana Jones and the Spiders on His Pillow. Starring Harrison Ford. God damn it, not another spider. Sean Connery. Yes, I'm a tarantula in your motel pillow. And Anton Deck as Spider 1 and Spider 2. I cannot get enough of his forehead, and I cannot get enough of his looks. Indiana Jones's Diary 2, coming to one exclusive broadcast in a cave network deep in Bangladesh. If you can get there, you can watch it this fall. Well... Looks like I'm heading to a small cave because I want to watch that film. Oh, I'm glad. I'm shocked about that. Yeah, it's taken a very long time to make this one. Ten Wonderful. years to do all that stop motion. So brilliant. I can't wait. Um, Rick, it's been an absolute pleasure having you with us today. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Well, if, um, if you're a director just starting out... I'd say um, it's important to always learn the names of all your actors and your and your cast and crew. That way, they kind of they feel respected and they kind of feel like you're their friend. That way, they'll they'll kind of cooperate and do what you want them to do at the end of the day. Just a little trick I've learned over the years. Well, good to know, Rick Hardiman. Yours is a name I'll remember for a long, long time. Now, let's go get some frazzles. Oh yes, please. The Improvised Movie Director podcast featured Sabrina Luisi as Martina Minow, with resident improvisers Vicky Hawley and Rory Vieira, with special thanks to today's guest, Marty Sears. IMDP is produced and edited by Steve Tanner. Theme music by Matt Brown and Johnny Griffiths. 
Episode artwork by Marty Sears. Additional music by Scott Holmes and also by Stan Babich. Follow us at Improv Movie Pod for updates on future episodes and live shows. Improvised Movie Director Podcast is a four foot one films production. Thank you.